Greetings, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Shiny Developer Series. My name is Eric Nance, and as always, I am so happy that you've joined us for another exciting episode. So in recent episodes, you've seen through various demonstrations and discussions the power of the HTML widgets ecosystem and how that can tie in so nicely with your Shiny applications. Well, our next guest has definitely taken that mindset and done some really interesting work in tying Shiny with a couple of the widgets that she's been able to create. So let's hear from firsthand from our guest for episode 16, Gianna Gu McClellan. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome, everybody. We are back with another Shiny Developer Series episode, and I am so thrilled to be joined by a very talented data scientist and uh, shiny developer, uh, Gianna Gu McKellen. Uh, Gianna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're, th you. we're thrilled to have you on. So if you don't mind, maybe you could give us a little bit of your story and how you got started with R and how you got started with Shiny. Yeah, so um, firstly, I'm Gianna McClellan. Um, I got a a master's degree in statistics from uh, Kansas State University. So I, I think I learned R and Shining back to five years ago when I uh, was in graduate school and R was the only one programming language that, you know, statistics students have to learn. And uh, back to then, I was a, a student worker in the international office and mm -hmm. helped them to generate a report, helped them to generate uh, statistical model, things like that. So it's pretty much like um, every week we have a lot of data to refresh and generate. So ba basically we have a lot of um, manual work. So I was thinking about mm, how to be lazy, you know, how to <laughs> save my time and then how to uh, automate this process a little bit. So I, I have some time to enjoy my coffee. <laughs> oh yeah, that's important. Coffee time's important, right? <laughs> yeah, I usually send coffee to to the cold. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so um, back back to then, like R is my the my only programming language that I that I know how to program. And then I Google it, and then I say, okay, so it would be good that if I can use R to build the interface or maybe um, the inactive app to send it to my boss or maybe send it to and other the public so they can see they can log into the app and then see all the visualize of the data and then they can generate the report by themselves so i don't have to you know go ahead and refresh the data and then refresh the code and then uh, do it by myself so um, that's the beginning um, for me to learn how to uh, build the shining app because shining of course shining has the ability to build uh, interface without knowing a lot of HTML, and then also Shining R is my my first language, so that's why um, that's my first uh, exposure to R and Shining, and then I began to be a big fan of R and Shining. Very cool. I wish R had been my first language. It definitely was not. <laughs> um, <laughs> English. Yeah, you know, yeah. I guess this, yeah. Um, maybe poorly, but yeah, I do. I do have English as the first, <laughs> and then from the computing side, it was Java and Java, nothing against that language, but probably not the best one to start with, if you're, oh. especially if you're going to go into statistics <laughs> later on. Um, but, you know, history is history, right? Um, 
So certainly I have a lot of cool things I want to ask you about, especially some of the contributions you've been making to the community. One of the first things that I saw you um, contribute to the Shining community was a great uh, package called the DT Editor. So we're going to see that in action a little bit. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what was your motivation for creating this? Um, when, what was motivating behind that? Yeah, let me share my screen real quick. So basically the DT Editor is pretty much the first uh, Shining app that I built that can interact to the front to the back end so um the reason why i built uh, the dt editor was like uh the first time i got a job and then at the end of every year you know we have to write the uh, summary of what we did for this year and what's the project we did and uh what's the process do we finish or not things like that so uh, i spend a lot of time to memorize you know to to kind of like record myself like what i did for the whole year, and I don't know if I catch everything, but it seems like I was thinking about, oh, it would be a good idea at that point if I have an app, like even the structure or maybe any kind of document to um, document the process of the uh, of the work for this year. For example, like monthly uh, monthly pro uh, monthly uh, process for uh, each project, things like that. So it was triggered me to think about, you know, um, how to build an uh, app to have the interface that um, you can have like a small data set and uh, you can kind of like show the small data set, but then you also have the ability to add, add it or maybe delete uh, these rows by um, in the real time. So you don't have to go to the Excel spreadsheet and then do it manually. So that's the beginning, that's the motivation that um, I'm looking at uh, a lot of HTML widget. And of course the DT will be the first first one pop up because DT is just like so popular and so awesome. Absolutely. Yep, so that's why uh, at the beginning I was building like a very simple app, like using the DT to show the local CSV file. And then every, every week I have to go to the local CSV file to change something. So that's like very old fashioned. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about, <laughs> I'm thinking about, okay, so uh, at that point, like most of the Shining app uh, that is in the showcase or maybe in the gallery, um, then most of them are about like how to show, uh, how to demonstrate uh, fancy data visualization from uh, the big database. So um, it's very few shiny app that showing that, okay, so the user have ability to interact with the front, with the back end, with the database. And also I figured out that most of the app that demo is like super big data and then like linking to a SQL database, things like that. But I don't want to go to that, that scale <laughs> because I, I just want to have like a small, easy uh, self-serve tool that I can just like access to the to my local data and it could be CSV or somehow something. And then I can just like easily edit this local small data set for me to have like a record for the daily life. So um, that's why I figured out that DT editor, uh, we can do some, a few HTML trick um, in this DT package to make a DT editor. Um, so that's also like one of the uh, one of the 
time point that I realized the value of the small data set because the whole world is talking about oh how important of the big data things like mm-hmm. that in the in, for their company for their uh, enterprise or things like that I'm thinking about oh maybe there are also some value about a small data set if, if we didn't realize at that moment probably if we um, collect maybe a year later things like that we can see the value of the small data set for example if you are uh, in a CrossFit or maybe you are doing exercise, you wanted to document your process. Like maybe today you uh, do the exercise for like 10 minutes. Tomorrow you would do probably 12 minutes. And then by the end of the year, you will probably do it for one hour or two hours. You can see the progress of, of the change, every, like the, the change for every single, uh, every single day or maybe like weekly process, things like that. And also thinking about if you're uh, on diet and then you can document how many, like what kind of stuff you eat Mm -hmm. and how many protein they are, things like that. So that's kind of like, it sounds not important data, but when you collect this kind of data uh, weekly or maybe monthly, you will see the value of yourself. Well, that's really interesting that you were kind of thinking of that personal kind of small scale. Now, I do have a story for you that may be surprising. Um, uh-huh. So this, I, I, I really see this as being a quite valuable tool. And I had a colleague at work that was working on an app that needed to be able to edit some data behind the scenes and serve that back to the, the server of interest. In that case, it was a database. And I shared that, you know, there are ways if you're using DT already, thanks to my my friend Gianna's work here that you might be able to leverage some of that. And he told me, um, his name's James, if you're listening, I'm, I'm doing this for you, buddy. Um, he told <laughs> me that, and once they put in DT editor in action, he was so excited because it saved his team and his department, I kid you not, over $300,000 from proprietary wow. solutions. So you never know when you throw these things out to the community what what kind of benefit they'll have, even if it's something that you probably didn't envision that somebody could use it at that scale. But certainly it's uh, really powerful. So I definitely commend you for uh, sharing that with the world. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this story. I love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, we definitely need to give kudos to open source contributors like yourself that are doing very valuable things, even if it is to quote, scratch your own itch, um, you, you can definitely help a lot of people along that process. Um, so certainly DT Editor is really powerful. And you've been busy with some other tools as well. I'd love for you to have a, have a chance to share some of the other uh, frameworks you've been working on, uh, if you'd like to share some of those. Yeah, so um, the DT Editor, and I have a demo app here. So oh, wonderful. if you go yeah. to the, yeah, if you go to the, um, my GitHub repo, pretty much every single GitHub repo will have a demo app like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically you add um, what time? I just add some random, maybe uh, Diana request um, note. So now you can see it's here and then you can save it and then you can modify, um, edit something and then you can save as the uh, CSV if you want. Um, and then it's also have like the global search in here, things like that. Also have the sorting stuff here. Um, so 
I so back to uh, one of the shine, uh, sorry, one of the DT use case will be uh, one of my friend who got uh, my best friend from uh, graduate school, and she got a job. She uh, after she graduated from the PhD, she got a job in DC, mm-hmm. and then she need some. Uh, she need to find a house, but the time is pretty rush. It was pretty rush. It, we have to find. We have to help her to find a house in probably two weeks in wow. DC. So that's why I was building like quickly building like shiny editor for for her to have a, a house tour. So basically, I can have like what's the type of the house, bedroom, uh, bathroom, what's the rent, here's the link, and the note will be like how many. Um, like what's the what's the distance for your workplace things like that mm-hmm. so she she like it very much and that is the that is also the use case for dt editor and um the dt editor is not a package so um many people ask me like how to use the dt editor easily so i uh that's why i built another uh, the DT editor shining modules so you, you don't have to code anything you can basically just go ahead and replace the note.rds and then you can it's good to go so let me share the link here great okay so DT editor is here and then um, there is a DT editor module I put the link here it's a github link so now you can basically go ahead and git clone or maybe just download it uh, in the zip file, and then you open it here. It will be it will be a nice um, shining app already here. But then thinking about okay, so I wanted to change. I wanted to build my own DT editor. Perfect. Yeah. For example, for your app podcast, shining, uh, awesome shining, uh, develop Siri uh, podcast, and then you wanted to build a DT editor. <laughs> Thinking about like you wanted to document the episode one or two, and what's the guest speaker, and what's the category things like, uh, what's the topic of this um, episode? It could be HTML widget, it could be the R package, or whatever you wanted to add. Maybe you wanted to also add some comment, or uh, maybe some note. Um, for this DT editor, you can add, you can create uh, like a mock data table mm-hmm. using this one, and then when you run it, okay, so this is your initial data structure looks like, and then you can simply just use this one to replace the not, uh, node.rds, and then let's run the app. Oh, you even got that nice uh, reminder to remember to have them save the updates. <laughs> I know that can yeah. sometimes be taken yeah. for granted. Cool. So, so now you can so now you can see we have the DT editor for your R podcast. Um, so, what's the episode? What's the guest speaker? What's the category? What's the note? Things like that, and then you can share with Curtis. And then, if he wanted to put some comments or he wanted to have some suggestions, he can put it here. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, so really if cool. you do some if you do some change, for example, you don't want to have the note, you you think this is not necessary, you can simply just add it in the data 
data.table. And then this is just only three columns. And then if you replace this um, node.rds, and then you run it again, you can see that I didn't do anything. I didn't code anything. I just simply overwrite the RDS file. Yep, so it's dynamic enough just to read the contents of that template file and you don't have to futz with the rest of the module code. That's really cool. Yeah, so the uh, add modules, you can see it's like three, uh, three dimensions here that's reflecting like what's the column name that you put. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty handy. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Yeah, so there is only two details that be careful. Uh, one is um, we have to use the data to data dot table instead of data frame. So some of the users they can kind of confuse about um, they they use the data frame and it's not working because oh. we have to use the data table. Uh, another thing is uh, currently we are not supporting the date. So for example, if you add um, a date here, then uh, please use the character or factor. So like that, um, because the date format, it seems like it's not working very well in the HTML monitor. Oh, so okay. just simply um, do a quick, just just uh, don't save it as, as date, just like do it like as the regular Like character. a string then, okay, sure. Like a string and then you will, you will get a nice one. Yep. So this is how to use the DT monitor, uh, DT editor module. <laughs> well, yep, that's, like that. I believe that's exactly what my colleague did. He took the module and just incorporated it into the much larger app so that it wasn't have to be a whole lot of re-engineering on his part and he can tie those updates to a database. So yeah, it has lots of possibilities. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so that's all about like the DT monitor and then people can use it to have like um, build up their like a small workflow to document their daily uh, small data or daily data, things like that. And they can, they can share like this online interface with their family, their team. So if they brainstorm some project, they can document into the DT editor. Very nice. And um, yeah, so you've been... This is what I first heard about, and I know you've been working on some other uh, cool shiny extensions that have helped your daily work. Um, maybe you could show us a little bit about um, what what you have in that in that portfolio. Absolutely. So another one that I think is pretty useful. Uh, I built up the another package called NodeMD. Um, so this package is to document so the user have ability to write their comments about. So for example, like this plot. And then they can, when they download the PDF, it will document their uh, their comments in the Markdown syntax. Oh, nice! So, yeah, um, the reason uh, the the uh, the reason why I build up this one is because uh, again, I feels like uh, Shining could support a lot more for like more interactive activities, such as the user have ability to uh, like add or monitor the backend data. And this is also the same kind of concept. And the user have ability to document their comments and then they can print it out into the uh, PDF. Because usually in the most of the case um, that 
this, you know, the statistical report is like, like uh, super long and then a lot of like data and then a lot of plot things like that. Yes. But then the user just, just passively accept like what's the result from the report. They don't have ability to put their own specific comments such as like this season, what they think about that, they think it's too low or too high, things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. For that specific plot, they can immediately document uh, this note. And then when they download the report, this note will be in their self-serve report. Very cool. And it saves a lot of manual effort to kind of try to export that somehow. And then maybe in a different software, like embed a comment in there, you can do it all in one place. That's really nice. Yeah, so I also have the uh, quick demo app. Hopefully, I still have some active time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, so this this plot is nothing to do with the package. This is just like when you use the Shining template. This is kind of a default setting. Uh, I think most of people you will realize that um, this one will be the common box link to um, the node MD. So, for example, I say okay, uh, note one, uh, this, this season is good or not good, things like that. I can use the, like, you know, the shy, uh, markdown syntax. Absolutely, yep, I, I write markdown for everything now, no matter, <laughs> in apps or outside of apps. <laughs> yep, okay, so note two, um, very good, things like yep, that. So, so we now got the if formatting you have, preserved in that preview down there. That's really cool. Yep. And then now you can download it in the PDF. And I assume this is using like the R Markdown package behind the scenes, uh, inject yep. all that in. Very cool. R Markdown and the uh, uh, pen docs. Yes. So now you can see it's nicely formatted in this way so that this will provide uh, the user ability to generate their kind of like self-serve report instead of a generic report. Yeah, and the nice thing is you can embed this part across many parts of your app if you have multiple plots, right? And each of them may get their own comments. That's yeah, cool. exactly. You can, uh, if you think this is like a little bit busy, you can use the Shining JS, like draw script to hide this process yep. and then use the to go button say okay you wanted to add a comment or not if you say yes and then you can just have the pop-up or maybe just like a hidden slice things to show this comment box so absolutely i am a big customer of shiny js and we'll be having uh the author dina telling on in a future episode coming up soon so <laughs> i use that every single app <laughs> cool yeah so this is like another another way to build kind of like more interactive shining app instead of like mm -hmm. user just like passively accept all the results, all the like uh, interactive, like all the graph they, they can see in the app. So they have like more interaction with the, with the data and with the app. Yeah. And then, yep. Very nice. And you can see that this is, you're, you're diving into some really interesting concepts here of making the user's experience much easier. And it does sound like um, you mentioned, you know, JavaScript a little bit with Shiny.js. You seems mm -hmm. like you've been also diving into some ways of learning and extending HTML widgets, which we've had uh, some discussions on in previous episodes 
of the developer series. So maybe you could share a little bit about your journey with that. Yeah. So another app that um, it's worth to mention is called, um, is also in my GitHub report. Um, let me share it here. Um, it's called like Shining Full Flow. Um, so this is the combination that have, um, let me log in first. I just like code the login by myself. So that's why this is knowledgeable. Okay, so this app is um, the combination of the DT editor and the Node MD. Um, so the concept of the DT editor, so um, I just showed it um, like before, like five minutes ago. So this is the DT editor. And then um, this one is the, the uh, this one is the property that shows the DT editor. For example, if I remove this line, Yes, and then if I click save, now you can see the plot is like change real time. Absolutely. So, so we can have ability to build um, a plot that shows the DT editor, and then we can also use some. Uh, we can use the uh, Node MD to allow the users to put their comments and put it into the PDF or the Word documents. Very cool. So it's another example of where we see these different utilities and the key is how do you blend them together in a cohesive way and across a more, you might say, production-friendly workflow. This is very nice. Yep. Okay. So um, let's move to like more HTML widget. Um, so as, uh, as we demo, like we have the DT editor, we have the Node MD. I also... Now, I'm, right now, like this year, I'm also a big fan of building like uh, HTML widget. Um, that's because I feel like uh, Shiny is like Shiny, the, the front end Shiny is still relied on uh, like a lot of HTML widget to build up like more interactive graph. So um, I feel like the HTML widget will be a, like the easiest way to build up some um, tool that uh, the, the, the visualization that can allow the users to do down the result by themselves. So that's why I I'm kind of a big fan of like HTML widget right now. Very cool. Um, I also watched like, like the whole episode, like uh, John Cohen, um, like I think he did it like, like uh, last month. Like yes. the episode. Yep. Yep. That was um, a lot of light bulbs in my head of like, okay, I've really got to take the plunge and make one of these myself, or at least find something to wrap that's already out there in the community. So that's, yeah, it's a great concept now. Thank you. Yeah. So um, the, what, the first one that um, I would like to show is the FAQ package. It's very easy to use. So basically you just like create the data frame of like, one column for question and one column for answer. And then you put this question into FAQ function and then it's, everything is good to go. Wow, that's simple, huh? Wow, amazing. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of code. Um, I built up all the tools for um, specifically for the Shining beginner. If they don't have uh, a lot of HTML uh, knowledge or they don't have like R code knowledge, um, don't worry about that. Just like use the package and then um, plot, uh, prepare the data and plot in, and then you can see the initial result. And that's the beginning of 
building some HTML widget and so uh, use the HTML widget. And then if you have like further question, for example, you want us to change the color and maybe you want us to change the font size, things like things like that. So that would be like more advanced stuff. Absolutely. Now, was this a widget you found online? And you just put an R wrapper on or did you make this completely from scratch? I made it completely from scratch. Oh, so I'm I even write more amazed. The, <laughs> wow. I write the um I write the uh, JavaScript and the CSS by myself. So I can show it real quick, like later. Sure. Um okay, so now I can have a real demo here. Okay, so um now you load a package and um you you just create a data frame with one question column one answer column no need no need to do anything else so if you spend more than five minutes about this one then you can call me you can plan on me <laughs> <laughs> so your question your answer and that's it <laughs> and then you say okay so this is the data frame and you plot it and then this is a nice html widget here very cool. And just like any widget, you could use this outside of Shiny just as much as within Shiny. Yep. And then it's like uh, affordable. Um, if I can, so now I can zoom out a little bit to see, to have a full view. Yeah, so, so now you can see the question is affordable and there's an option to expand all the question here as like what this GIF shows here. And there's obviously no limit to how many you can put on here. As long as it fits in that data frame, you're all set, right? Yeah, you can put a, a million. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is something that I've been wanting to do in my apps for a while because they tend to be much more complex than like the simple, like old faithful geyser apps these days. And I need to share with the user some information, uh, maybe some things they might not understand at first. And if they run into an issue, like, oh, this plot doesn't show up, why not? And, oh, okay, here's what you have to do. And who do I contact for help? Oh yeah, such and such. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is like super easy. And then also if you wanted to change, so this structure, for example, is very widely used in the FAQ. But if you wanted to say, okay, so I wanted to have a definition page like looks like that. I don't want to use a frequently asked question. You can basically say, okay, so change the frequently asked question to uh, anything else that you wanted to call, and sure. then this will change here. Yep. Uh, so you can present it however you like, and then it's, it's ready for the user to view after that. Very cool. Yep. So this one will be um, users cannot spend more than five minutes on making HTML widget and there's no requirement for um, the skill background and because there, there is absolutely no coding <laughs> required. You simply just like make a data frame and then you're good to go. You know, you remind me of when um, Iwei Sia, of course the author of our Markdown and Inner had given a presentation at a conference I attended many years ago. Um, he had said, if you couldn't learn Markdown in like 10 minutes, he <laughs> would give you $10. I feel like this is probably along those same lines, but you can make a data frame. Uh, you're, you're, you're good to go here. <laughs> yep. 
um, of course, there are some like more advanced stuff. For example, if you want to highlight some specific questions, such as like answer for question one, you wanted to highlight the question one, mm -hmm. then you can uh, go ahead here and and uh, you can use the HTML tag E. So the, the B tag is for the, the bold style, like highlighting. And then you run it again. Yep, I see question one is bolded, very cool. Yeah, so it's supporting all kind of HTML tag. Um, if you wanted to change the color, if you wanted to highlight it, if you wanted to insert the picture, you can use um, more like advanced HTML stuff. But if you just wanted to have like basic stuff, you can finish everything in two minutes. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you've also uh, created something really cool for uh, has a lot of great applications for learning something new. Maybe you could share a bit about that, that widget. Yeah. So another widget that uh, that is worth to mention is um, the flashcard. So the flashcard, um, I can put it here, but uh, here, here we go. <laughs> so the flashcard is um, usually when we build up the shiny app, and then we would like to have the value box. And the value box, um, I was thinking about. So, so there's one time I built up the value box, and then I put um, this year's information and previous year's information side by side. And then it's a little bit cloudy because I wanted to have like a lot of value box. So then I'm thinking about like how to make, how to how to concentrate the idea, the 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 information to be like one box, but showing two sides of information, mm -hmm. such as like the front end side is the current year, back end side is the previous year. Mm -hmm. So when people hover it, they can see okay, so that's the. Um, that's the current year and then back end side is the uh, previous year and that's one idea and then another use case for the flashcard is if you wanted to teach your kids like English or maybe Chinese things like that you can have like one side as the English one side back side as the uh, Chinese things like that and then when your kids how are they they can see okay so what's the Chinese word corresponding to the English word that's a, or in my case, uh, an old timer like me that was trying to pick up Chinese much later in life. <laughs> this would have been very useful when I first uh, met my parents-in-law. <laughs> They're from China, and I was trying to learn with basic flashcards. I could have made a shiny app out of it if it been around back then. <laughs> yeah, it can be uh, like you can build some like tutorial app using the flashcard, and then flashcard can also be very useful. Saying if you wanted to hide some information that's a little that's very essential to show uh to the app but also you want but also it's a little bit crowded if you put it everything in the app you want to hide the information in the back side <laughs> so for example like um you put the value like very important value mm -hmm. in the front side and you want to uh put the doc uh put the formula how we calculate this value in the back end side. Oh, that's a really good tip. Yeah, I like yeah, that idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's information that people would have to know, but they don't. You don't want to show it like as important as the value. 
Yeah, I'm amazed. So I'll, I'll ask kind of similar thing I asked with the FAQ one. Was this something you coded from scratch or did you find this in the community? How, how did you make this? This one I also make by myself, wow. like scratch. <laughs> yeah, I make uh, I made a lot of like HTML by scratch because I don't know how to um, apply the external library yet. <laughs> you have the inverse <laughs> problem of many of us, where it's like, if I can't find it online, I don't know how to make it from scratch. So you are definitely a pioneer in that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and also like uh, this HTML widget is very easy to use. Just basically you have like a form uh, you have a you have a data frame like what's the information from the for the front uh, front side what's the information for the back side and then you're good to go <laughs> wow yeah again one of those things where if you know how to fill out a vector and a data frame you you have what you need so you've definitely given me some ideas to think about as i make these more complex dashboards that at the end of like a modeling pipeline i have a series of maybe six eight sometimes 12 metrics do they all have to be on the screen at the same time? No. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> some that are more supplemental information. And if they're related to like a primary outcome of result, then we can just kind of say, hey, you want to see the rest? Click that little card and you'll see the rest. So yeah, very yeah. good idea. Yeah, let me show you a demo how easy to use. Sure. Um, I believe I already showed it. I already proved it's easy to use. <laughs> but um, yeah. I have to show you. I'm not lying. <laughs> so basically, you have like DF one. It's like simple data frame. You have the title. Like, how do you want to put the title? You have the first line. You have the second line. You don't have to put the first line and the second line. You don't have to use two lines. If you put a very long second line, that's okay. Um, so you basically you just need uh, two rows here. So now, if you put your data frame. And then you can see a nice HTML widget like here. You can also change the color. Uh, you can also customize and change the color for the back end and the front end. And then you can change the color for the text, um, such as I wanted to change to yellow. And there then it's go. yellow. Very nice. And you can do for customize for each side too. That's really nice. Yep. And I believe you can also change the from uh, front end color such, such as blue or maybe green. Hopefully it's not too ugly. Yeah, okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The color choices, that's another topic for another day. Um, but luckily there's some <laughs> good palette packages out there. But the, the point is that you do get to customize all these features. And again, you did the hard work for us. We just leverage off of it. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully I can save you a lot of time to code this stuff. Um, yeah, to answer another question. So for example, if people wanted to only have the title and only have one one uh, value, mm -hmm. sorry, one line, and then you can, now uh, you can have a data frame with only title and the one line. And then if you plug in, and then you can see the second line disappear. Yep. So you could, I assume this would also respect maybe HTML like tags and things like that if you wanted to spruce up that text as well. Yeah, exactly. Very so cool. if you say B, B. Yep. Both tags is the only thing that I remember. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm not an expert at the, what the, all the tags are. I just know they're like handy functions and like the in shiny itself for like P and H1, H2 and all those. And, and I, I do a lot of hiding and showing. I do a lot of that stuff. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. So now you can have like, uh, it, it's also support uh, HTML tag. So if you insert a picture, if you do like highlighting, change the color, feel free to use that. Feel free to use that in this way, and then that will do the job for you. Very nice. Very easy to use. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. this one is probably also like two mini spins. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, you're not really doing anything more complex than the other one. You're just getting a really nice fancy output from it. So. <laughs> yep. Very cool. Yeah. And um. Yep. So the source codes on GitHub. We'll definitely have a link to that in the in the episode notes as well. Um, so it sounds like you have been kind of diving into some of these very cool. Oh, wow. This is this is fancy here. So you lumped yes. a whole bunch into this app. So I've, I built this app in probably five minutes. I basically when I'm learning like Shiny, oh, sorry, when I'm learning Python syntax, like I, I always forgot some basic syntax, such as like I always confuse about like uh, Python syntax versus the uh, the base R, <laughs> although they're very similar, but I wanted to like try to use the uh, flashcard to memorize um, a lot better, so I can kind of like code this like, okay, so what's the what's the what's the purpose? For example, like show the top uh, end rows, things like that. I can use the uh, dot head, um, and also like how to uh, how to select specific column, and then I can use the double bracket like mm -hmm. that, how to rename, things like that. So this is more like self-learning app that I build. Well, it's it's a, it's a concept, almost uh, the standard, the test of time, right? Memorization and, and, you know, quizzing yourself. And now we can code it up in Shiny. So I feel like I could use this to even, if I lead a tutorial in the future and kind of give a little brain exercise first or brain teaser of like, okay, you see these, Try to guess before you flip the card what these mean or what what kind of code you have to do. So I could see, I can see lots of uses for this for both work and probably home projects too. The learning something new. <laughs> yeah, you can also build up some like shuffle function here. So another another time, if you open this app, it's like a different order, oh, so yeah. you don't have so to avoid if people just like remember the order. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You got to take away that bias that can happen or that uh, cognitive bias of like, oh, I know that was position here. I don't even know what it means, but I know it went here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very nice. So I'm, I'm, hopefully that's useful for you to, to learn a little Python along the way too. And um, so as you've been building, it sounds like you've been trying to experiment or expand your horizons with how you develop these things. Maybe you can tell us a bit about your, your uh, journey with developing these kind of HTML or JavaScript code uh, bases. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, as I mentioned, it, um, I built the HTML, like all this HTML widget uh, from scratch. So this is the CodePen. So CodePen is like a real-time, like online IDE. So you can just put the HTML code here and then they can have like a nice output like this way. Um, and then, so basically I'm using the code uh, I'm writing the code here. Now you can see it's like not too long. It's just like probably 20, 30 lines of JavaScript. And then you can have a nice um, 
cold like that, like nice um, widget like that. Mm -hmm. um, so speaking of like uh, HTML widget building develop, um, I think the JSON data structure will be the key for building the HTML widget um, because so the so for example, if I put the HTML code, uh, sorry, I put the JavaScript code CSS and the uh, HTML code here, and now it's working. You can see that okay, so we can trust this um, JavaScript code that's working. We don't have to worry too much about that. Um, but the key part of building HTML widget is to how to make um, the same how to how to use the JSON to talk from the HTML and the R because our code, because in R we are using the data frame, a yep. data table maybe, um, mm -hmm. and then how to convert the data tape, how to convert the data frame to this kind of format, <laughs> this uh, JSON format. That's the key to build a Java, uh, to build a JavaScript widget. Um, it's not like a, a it's not the uh, JavaScript code, it's not the CSS code, it's not the HTML code because they already built before you build an HTML widget. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I would like to show um, one way to build HTML widget if you have a little bit complex um, JSON data. For example, if your JSON data will look like this. You have um, array and then each array you have the um, these three arrays look like this, and one of the one of the way to build a JavaScript widget is to use the data tree. Mm -hmm. And I also build another package called Forest Tree, which is based on the data tree. We have some kind of like add-on uh, features to reshape the JSON. So now I load the JSON data, and then I convert the JSON data to a tree. That's like more visual. Now, if I print the tree, I can see, okay, I can see more clearly what's the structure of this JSON. Oh, nice. It's a nice uh, <laughs> textual layout, but it respects kind of the nesting structure. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So now we can have like one, two, three, which is like the first array, second array, third array. Mm -hmm. Each array, we will have one, two, three, and then we will have the group A, uh, what well, X is group A, Y is 20. Uh, y zero is zero things like that, so it's a lot more clear if you just look at comparing. You just look at the JSON by itself. Absolutely, yeah. I know that what I've used in the past is um, the list viewer widget um, by Kent Russell that wrapped that into R. It was an existing widget, but if you need to show something in console output, that's more of like a like a click and you know expanding uh, widget. But if you need to show it to the console, this is a great way to show that. And it reminds me a bit of like printing files in like the FS package of doing like a, a listing tree structure, but now you're doing it with JSON. It's very cool. Yep, I, I, I love this way to visualize the JSON data. And then um, and then this is like helped me a lot to build up the uh, HTML widget because now I can I can see the structure. I can look at, I can look at, um, I can kind of like back force 
process it's kind of black box process okay so now, now i know the structure of the json and what's the format of the data frame i need so for example i create a data frame just like this they have all kind of information that json need mm -hmm. so we have the cluster we have one two three and then we have x we have y we have y zero so this is the structure of the data frame that we need to create the json okay so now we have a data frame and then we use, um, so in the data tree, we have to, in order to make the data frame uh, looks like a tree, we have to make another column say, uh, pass string, and then we use the pass string and then we convert to a tree. So now this JSON tree is from the data, uh, is from the, this data frame. And then mm -hmm. if I print it out, I can see this data frame looks exactly like the, JSON data tree. Ah, they, so, yeah. so that other column is just kind of saying what's the hierarchy of these variables and separating almost like a URL of all the slashes. That's very cool. Yep. Yep. So now you know this uh, this is the data frame that you need. You can use uh, any kind of um, like other stuff to convert this data tree to a JSON and then finally put uh, put this JSON to um, the, your HTML widget. So that's the that's the key to um, link uh, the data frame from our community to uh, the JSON from the JavaScript community. Yeah, and, and it's a, another nice way to at least verify that what you're trying to structure in this is correct and you're able to get very quickly what that looks like from the JSON side as well as uh, from the R side of things, very cool. Yeah, so if you look at it, if you're interested about that, um, this is like nothing fancy. If uh, the, the flash dashboard um, JavaScript widget, like nothing fancy here, they're mm -hmm. all from the default uh, scale folder. Um, the only thing that I need is um, this one, the data, uh, data equal to data. So this data is linking to a data frame. And now this part, Um, this part is to convert the data to a JSON. Okay. And um, let me use the FAQ one. Sure. And you're bringing me flashbacks to when um, I was at RStudioConf this year. And I was in uh, Garrett Anamui's uh, JavaScript for Shiny Users course. And like you're saying, just that the idea of passing JSON data back and forth from the R process to the HTML or JavaScript side of things, once you master that, kind of all these other things kind of fall into place afterwards from what I can see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So for example, if you look at um, the FAQ page, uh, FAQ.R, and then you can see, okay, so this is the parameter that uh, we pass from the uh, five minutes, maybe two minutes data frame <laughs> that mm -hmm. we just create. Um, this part is to pass, convert the data frame to a JSON. Um, so now you can see that this is a data frame. And then here I'm using the uh, JSON lab to JSON to pass this data frame to a JSON. And then this JSON is supposed to be exactly matched with your JavaScript JSON. Right, right. Yeah. And then you have some advanced option. I will call it advanced option if you want to uh, allow the users to uh, change the title 
change maybe um, the expand all button or collapse all button text, things like that, you can put extra parameters into this X list. And then they would, so this part is, this part is just the scale folder, like default scale folder. If you use the HTML widget package, this will create it for you. So we don't have to worry too much about that. But this one is the key, like JSON is, will be the key to um, like smooth out the interaction between the JavaScript and us. And then now remember we have like X, we have the data, we have the, uh, the title and everything. If you look at um, a little bit more in depth, Okay, so this is how I pass the uh, JSON data mm -hmm. to so uh, x data x, x dot data is the JSON uh, the uh, correct formatting JSON and then I pass it to a JSON variable and then the rest of the code will be just like um, from how I code it in the code pen. Very cool. So we're able to leverage kind of that prototyping you do in CodePen and then bring it back into this kind of manifest or this boilerplate and then be able to kind of expand those that, or at least be able to utilize that same that same code here. Very, very nice. Right. And if you want to have like, like remember we put some more uh, parameter, for example, like we wanted to, we, we can allow the users to change the button text. So such as expand all button text, and then we can pass it in this way, x dot expand all uh, button text, and that would link into this object, things like that. Cool, yeah, you're, you're inspiring me that if you can code this up from scratch, um, there may be hope for an old timer like me to try this out. <laughs> <laughs> this is super easy, just like, um, don't be frustrated about like, you know, uh, you, you're thinking it's too hard, but if you do it, you put the first step, like the following stuff is pretty easy uh, because I just learned uh, the the JavaScript this year. Oh, <laughs> so impressive. Yeah, thank you. But uh, I just know some basic stuff, um, but I think the key will be uh, how to put the JSON in the correct format that kind of like um, take some learning curve <laughs> to figure it out. Um, that's because when you build the uh, HTML widget, sometimes it's, if it's not working, they don't have an error, like a very correct, like uh, error syntax say, okay, yeah. so your data is not working, or maybe your parameter is not working, it's like that. They don't have a very clear syntax to do that. Uh, they just show you a blank page and then right. you kind of, well, what's going on? Yeah, and then you have to dive into the developer console and kind of hunt and, and peck for it. Um, that was one of the things that, that Garrick talked about in the workshop was techniques for debugging. And I I remember trying to follow along, I admit it kind of went over my head the first time, but if I practice that, I'll probably be able to at least somewhat know what's going on under the hood. Yeah, and then I figured out it's probably most of the case will be the JSON format is not the correct, like you missed some piece in the JSON uh, right. that's not linking to the JavaScript side. Um, the way, one way to test that is like you put the data and you run the JSON and then you copy and paste the JSON to the pure uh, JavaScript environment. Sure. See if that would return the, the right result. That's a great technique. I've done that with some other uh, co complex pipelines that we were passing 
JSON back and forth and getting JSON out. So I would just try to extract that out and inspect it with different tools and see what we could come up with. Yep. Yeah. So for, for example, we have the, um, let me do a quick demo here. Okay. So now we have the, we have to pass the FAQ data frame. Okay, one sec. So now you will have a better idea what's going on in the in the inside of the box. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, not this one. Okay, so this data frame that is this is what I'm using for creating the FAQ, um, and then you are using you just plug this data frame to JavaScript. Yep. If I load it. Yeah, JSON Lite is a very important package for <laughs> my recent developments. Yep. Okay. So now you run it. Okay, so that's the uh that's the JSON format that you need mm -hmm. to um for the uh FAQ HTML region. So that's a lot. Um, so now we can see, okay, so in from this data frame, and then if we put this data frame to uh, JSON lead, and then we will speed out like this um, JSON format. And right. then now we can use this JSON format, go back to um, my HTML. So that's corresponding to, that's referring to this JSON data. Right, right. So those are from that X object, the data slot had that, that representation of it. Very cool. Yeah, so now we can see how we use that. And then in the JSON data, we have like a question and answer. Mm -hmm. And then because like we have one object question, one object answer, yep. and which is an array. And then you can see, I just write a for loop say, okay, so in the, um, in the answer and then give me a for loop to have the expand and collapse function for each items here. Nice, nice. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna, I, I think this repo is great because it'll it can be, give me a good practice to try these concepts out with something that is not trying to be too complex. Sometimes these widgets are doing so many fancy things that you get kind of lost in their code base of like, okay, what's the impact of changing this variable here or this constant here? This one's going to be a lot more straightforward for me to follow through at first. So very cool. Yeah. I also get some, a lot of help from my team teammate here. So it's worth to mention. <laughs> very cool. Always a team effort in a lot of these things, but I'm glad they were able to contribute as well. Yeah. Um, also the, um, if, if the data tree that I mentioned um, is like not you shape to the specific JSON format that you need, hmm. um, I have another package called forest tree. Mm -hmm. So this forest tree is um, building. So for example, you, if you wanted to just create some node, um, you can just do uh, create node like this way. And they also have some um, other features that, that can have, let me see, for example, here, that you can summarize um, the exercise time 
for each level. Oh, so, cool. for example, like every uh, January and then January to um, December, they can have like QSUM, which is like end of the year mm -hmm. um, cumulative add-on add um, value. And then they can also do this value, apply this value to this level. So, so January, like each month is like the level three. And on the top of level three, we have level two, which is quarterly data. So we can apply this one. Like, oh, that's really nice. So on multiple <laughs> levels, you can do the sum differently. Oh, yeah. Cool. So it's kind of um, something that like a little bit creative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I've not seen that before like that. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, uh, I also get some help from my teammate here. <laughs> okay. Well, well, kudos to, looks like Michael in that case for Michael. giving you some additional help there. Yep. Very nice. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to share with our audience all these these different great uh, utilities you've made. We'll have it all in, in the show notes. And uh, one thing I like to, to leave with as we conclude is now that you've had a lot, you know, a, a good amount of experience with Shiny and now in this world of HTML widgets, maybe you could share with us uh, your perspective for those in our audience that kind of want to take their Shiny skills to the next level as you've been learning Shiny. What are some of the techniques or or things that have helped you in, in that process? I think uh, Shining, like if you are the beginner and then maybe um, use some, uh, explore, at least explore some HTML widget that, uh, as much as possible. And then when you, is, when you use some kind of like easy use, like fancy HTML widget, you will all automatically have the motivation to dig through more. And then finally you will create your own package by yourself. And uh, I would say like start from easy, just like use the uh, easy tool, use the, use the tool that you like first, and then just make, uh, do every single twist that as you can, and then you will more, get more familiar about this package. Now you will go back to the raw code from this, like the source code from mm -hmm. this package, you will learn more about the structure, scaffolder of how we create the package. And then you will know how to create a package and then you probably want to create a package by yourself. And then the next step will be, okay, so how to, how we, how do we create the HTML widget, um, that, that is like super useful. And then, uh, for the R community, because the shining is highly, you know, uh, the HTML widget makes the shiny more interactive. So, um, I would say like go ahead and then learn more about like the JavaScript and CSS and HTML. And finally, you would use the JSON to combine this all piece together. And then you will have like your own HTML widget. Oh, that's excellent advice. And like I said, I'm inspired to try try that next phase of my uh, shiny development journey. Absolutely, very cool. Um, so for, for our listener or our viewers, I wanna kind of see what you're up to and maybe get in contact with you. What are, what are the best ways they can reach you? I have like a personal website, just sure. my name, Jenna McLellan, no space. Cool. Um, so this is like a little bit slow, but uh, it's okay. You so do some fancy is... stuff on that. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> this is using uh, the uh, lockdown that you create. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, I have my GitHub and Twitter and LinkedIn um, email, things like that. So uh, feel free to say hi, <laughs> or maybe if you have a PR or maybe you have the issue, just go to the GitHub and then maybe say hi in Twitter, maybe um, like uh, send me a invite in the LinkedIn, something like that. So, Sounds great. Yep, we'll have links to all those in the show notes as well. Um, but certainly, Gianna, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your your great work for the community. And like I said, you've already, at least for one of my colleagues, helped them save a boatload of money <laughs> on one project. <laughs> so I'm sure there are many other benefits that our, our viewers are going to see from all this work. So um, very cool. And um, you're welcome back on the Dev Series anytime in the future if you want to show more of your, your new work down the road. Thank you. All right. Well, we will be back right after this, everybody. All right. My thanks to Gianna for joining us for episode 16. And boy, did I have a lot of fun seeing the cool things that she's been able to do. And even that flashcard widget, I could use that to learn some new skills that would have used the traditional paper or paper cutter version of that. So we'll have links to all the great demonstrations and packages that she shared in the episode show notes. Until then, if you want to get a hold of us and you'd like to see past recordings, the best place to go is to head to shinydevseries.com. There you'll see links to all the previous episodes along with a link to fill out a contact form if you'd like to send your feedback that way. We have lots more exciting content in store for you and uh, certainly getting ready to do some development work on my end to um, have a little fun building things together with all of you. So until then, let's um, close up shop for episode 16. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. And hopefully you've learned something really useful today, like I did, as always, with my great guests on this very, very um, series. So we'll see you next time. Until then, end of line. <laughs>